stop that pretty fast. <laughs> you did stop that pretty fast. Abrupt. That was way too fast. Well, good morning, good evening, good afternoon. What is it that you say, David? Hello, uh, everybody. Hello, everybody. I'm David Lyons. <laughs> and I'm Megan Hanges. And we have with us here... A special, special guest from Sioux Center, Iowa, Amy Keahi. Amy Keahi Makaliki. That's All right. right. <clears throat> it's good to have you with us. Good to be back with you, Miss Megan Hanges, Miss Megan Mack, who's not dressed in black. So today, Amy, what are we going to talk about today? Well, today we're going to talk a little bit about um, helping people at Atlas. And um, the question that we're asking is, when does helping hurt? What do you mean by that? Well... You know, sometimes when you help somebody, um, you may be, have good intentions and you may be doing the best that you can, but you might be keeping someone stuck. Can you have any examples of that? Yeah, I do. Um, so for example, let's just say that somebody comes to us and they, um, are asking for money Mm -hmm. and, um, we maybe haven't asked a lot of questions and it's just easier to write them a check and then they go away. But unfortunately it may be that you're, um, giving them money to do things that maybe aren't helpful. And, um, that may only solve the problem temporarily. Um, whereas if we, uh, can help them to try to figure out how to get out of their situation or to alleviate the problem that is causing, uh, the financial stress, then maybe we can, um, actually, um, make a bigger difference in the long run. Um, there's other examples too. Like, um, if somebody comes and says, um, I don't have a lawnmower and then we just say, that's fine. We have somebody who can just mow your lawn for you. Well, what if we actually get them a lawnmower and they can mow for themselves? So it's the, Mm -hmm. the proverbial, instead of giving them a fish, teach them to fish kind of idea, Mm -hmm. I guess. So cool. Yeah. I've got an example of this actually was a conversation via whatever app I had on my phone. I can't remember, but, uh, I got a message from a family member who is going to visit other family members more uh, in my in my family that was quite redundant but um <clears throat> she, this individual asked should i give so and so some money i plan on giving her kids some money their college age and i plan on giving her some money to which i responded i don't think you should do that she's still using she can use the money to yeah. uh, buy drugs and then she said well should i give her gift cards and i said no because then you can trade those gift cards yes. for drugs so I don't think you're actually helping. You know, it's like if you really want to help, uh, you just whatever money you were going to give her, give to her kids who are in college, and they could go directly towards tuition or whatever like that. So, yeah. So, I will like to read a Bible verse just because I have to redeem whatever my input is, to make it somewhat spiritual. But uh, anyway, there's a, a verse or set of verses I really like, and I will think this will segue into you, Amy, and I'm going to let you take it from here. But there's a verse in Second Kings chapter four. Verses 1 through 7. It says, A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband's dead. So she loses her husband. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So anyway, her husband owed money to a loan shark or somebody, and the husband dies. She's unable to pay back the debt. And in that culture, she could, or they could take the two sons in order to be slaves. So... Maybe it would have been easy for Elisha or or God to do a miracle and just kind of pay the money off or pay the debt off. That's not what happens. So she goes to Elisha basically saying, what should I do? Verse 2. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? So in other words, what do you already have? What gifts, what talents, what abilities, what resources, what do you already have available? And then she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, go, 
Borrow vessels from everybody, all your neighbors, empty vessels, empty jars. Don't gather just a few, gather a lot. I'm kind of paraphrasing here. And when you have come in, shut the door behind you and your sons, so they were supposed to do something too. Uh, then pour it in all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So he tells her, what do you already have? Oh, I have a little bit of oil. This is, this is what I have to offer. He says, okay, now go do something. Go to your neighbors, ask them for help. But he doesn't say ask them for money to pay off your debt. He says just ask them what they can do. So they give him empty vessels. Then he says, okay, shut the door. I then start pouring the oil. Start doing something. And so she went from him. She shut the door behind her sons. She brought the vessels and she poured it all out. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. He said to her, there's, there's not another vessel. So the oil stopped flowing. Then she came and she told the man of God, Elisha, and he said, now go and sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your son shall live on the rest. And I think that's a really good story, kind of like what we do, because had the neighbors not been there and the neighbors not been willing to give their empty vessels, right. so to speak, excuse me, then the lady, or the lady wouldn't have had enough. It wouldn't have been sufficient. Like she legitimately needed help, right? But they didn't just give her money, and yet she was expected to do something as well. And so it's, it's okay to sometimes it's different points in our lives need support, need help. That's totally cool, legitimate. You know, when my wife and I were first married and, and, and younger, even today, you know, there are things we need to do, so we need childcare, right? So my in-laws will often provide that for us free of charge. So it's okay to need help, but at the same time, it's not okay to do nothing. And so what I liked about the neighbors, the handout versus the hand up kind of uh, idea is that they don't just give her something to pay off the debt. They, they give her a hand up. They say, here, do this. And she was expected to take it, utilize what she had, go sell, do the work, put it in. She needed the help of her neighbors, but they didn't just do it for her. So yeah. that's kind of an idea, concept I like. And then I'll, I'll hand it over to Amy and then we'll go from there and see where this takes us. Yeah. One of the things that um, along those same lines that we do in the Sioux Center Atlas is that we have, um, we used to years ago, um, help people by um, giving them Christmas presents. And so maybe somebody would, a, a family who could maybe afford to buy Christmas presents would adopt a family who maybe couldn't afford to buy Christmas presents. And then um, they would actually uh, get to open something. Well, that's awesome. But imagine as a parent, um, you're you sitting around a Christmas tree and your kids open presents and then um, you don't even know what they are. And you feel, how would that make you feel as a parent? And we kind of got into the idea of like, um, mom, mom can't even say, I got you these. I picked these out for you. Right. I bought you these. Um, that has to feel, that has to be really hard. And so one of the things that we started doing is opening up a Christmas store um, in our office. And what we have is uh, people can give uh, Christmas presents, new, brand new things. They can go shopping and buy things for our Christmas store. And then we uh, set them all up and then we price them at somewhere between one and $5, depending on the price of it. Um, maybe about uh, a tenth of the price of the actual item. And then um, people can come and they can pick out um, four things for each of their children and pay for them right. um, at a price that they can afford. And then they actually have the dignity of being able to say to their kids, I bought you these Christmas presents. Right. I got you these yeah. Christmas presents. And um, you wouldn't believe how much of a gift that has been to the people that we serve. Um, just the, the the being able to say, I got these. And I think everybody, I mean, we all know that um, if it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't be able to afford Christmas presents at times in my life or maybe at all. And um, God has given me the ability to do that, but it, 
if I couldn't, I would want to still be able to say, I bought you something to my daughter, to my kid. And so I think that's really helpful to think about that concept. And some of the concepts that we've talked about is um, at Atlas, do do people have their hands up or do they have their hands out? Kind of like you alluded to earlier, David, and um, a hand, their hand out is sort of like, just give it to me. Um, A hand up is saying, I want to grow. I want to change. I want to invest in myself. And so um, I think that if you're somebody who is, is walking alongside somebody and you're wondering, should I help? Shouldn't I help? Um, maybe a question you can ask yourself is, um, am I working harder than they are to make the changes in their life? If you are doing more than them, it may not be the right thing to help them. You might be hurting them more than helping them. Um, they might be, um, uh, having the ability to stay stuck instead of actually moving forward. And so I think that's kind of a, a really good question to ask yourself because if somebody's working their tail off and they've just had some really bad breaks, maybe it's okay to give them a grocery card. Maybe it's okay to, um, take them out to eat and and pay for it or whatever that might be. Um, but if somebody's kind of had opportunities to go get a job and they just don't feel like it, um, they just don't want to do anything different. Um, maybe it's not the right thing. I mean, maybe they haven't hit the bottom that they've needed to in order to get the help that they need. Yeah, I think that's a really good example of enabling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as a Teen Challenge graduate, we heard that as staff, we heard that as students, um, well, your parents are enabling you. Well, I think that that speaks mm-hmm. to that definition. Well, well, what is enabling? And yeah. when am I enabling and when am I helping? And I think that that is just an excellent example of that. Well, and it is hard. As Christians, we're called to love and yeah. we're called to help. And, um, you know, I think that we're, we're probably all a little bit enablers. And oh, I think a lot of us in ministry are enablers. Yeah. And a, a lot of you not me. people, no, not you. I'm um, just a, a jerk. A lot of the people out there who are listening, um, you have good hearts and you're just trying to follow Jesus and trying to do the right thing. And you're going to, it's okay. There's grace in this too, right? You're going to make yes. mistakes. It's okay that every time you don't get it right or do it perfect. But if you have a couple of tools, like um, asking yourself, do they have their hand up or hand out? Am I working harder than them? Right. I think it's really helpful. Um, or am I doing something for them that they could actually do for themselves? Um, it, maybe that's helpful in, in really trying to keep yourself in check in um, helping but maybe not getting burned out and maybe trying to do it in a way that's um, not enabling and yeah. actually helping them. Yeah. One thought I had, um, this, is, this is kind of cool. I was meeting with a local pastor yesterday, um, and they have a pastor coming to their church, but I've been filling in quite a lot for uh, pulpit supply. And recently I've been doing a series collectively on mission missions, and um, the three Sundays were the message, the mission, and the method. And so um, very, very dumbed down. Not, not that they're dumb. I, I just really reduced it. Because you can talk about what, is, what are missions. You know, you can do any number of things. Is it preaching? Is it teaching? Is it planting churches? Is it being a school teacher? Is it your this? business? Is it your business? You know, there are any number of things you could do. So I really tried to hit at the heart of the simplicity of it. So uh, the point for the method was Jesus says make disciples. And then, you know, also Romans 10, I think it is, says that people can't believe unless they hear someone sharing the gospel mm-hmm. with them. So basically my challenge to them at that point was, you know, God's placed gifts, callings, talents, abilities in each and every one of us. And, you know, so invite, be intentional about inviting someone into one of those things. You know, you can't do everybody. Jesus said the poor you'll always have with you. 
one or two people who is it around me god that i whom i can serve and then you know also but it's not just doing things or a social gospel so to speak social gospel is fine but it's not salvific it doesn't save anybody unless they hear and so uh, anyway this pastor said that a number of their congregants in the last three weeks have come to him and said they really want to get involved in what he calls it shut-ins so you know some people call them homebound those that can't make it out nursing homes or whatever and they said as a direct result of the messages and the challenge they're trying to get involved in ministry to the elderly and i said all that to say is that i think one thing one of the best things that we could do for for the christian for the person who maybe wants to give back i think it's really important that we are intentional about finding one person and trying to create a space for them to grow but also for them to to work and walk alongside you and so like um if it's there's a gentleman that that uh, used to meet with another pastor in town, he, a friend of mine, and he wanted to do do outreach, talk to people about the Lord. And so this guy and this pastor, uh, Aldean, they used to go to different places around town, and they would just work. He would work together. They would go to uh, one of the community meals. They would just talk to people, and they would serve, right? So I, I think something that we could do as leaders, but also um, just people who aren't perfect is, but we can, yeah, one, be intentional, and two, create a space or help create an environment where someone can learn to serve. Yep. You know, like when I'm at home with my kids, or five, four, and two, you know, we're trying to, okay, you can now start sweeping with underneath your chair. Okay, you can now put your dishes in the sink. You can now make your bed. They don't do it very well, but neither does someone else in my family. Too many pillows. I don't understand the purpose of 1,500 decorative pillows. <laughs> All right, I'm going to need you to back off your wife on the pillows. The pillows are nice. I never mentioned any names oh, or, or subjects. someone. Uh-huh. But I, was, get, I, I just want to pause you one second. Pause. Um, when, just at, as your kids as an example, yeah. and, and I think we can apply this to others as well, it is actually easier to just make their bed yourself than to actually oh, yeah. teach oh. them to make their bed, right? Yes. Yeah. Or like if you're baking a cake and you're involving your child, it's actually way more work than if you just do it yourself, right? Or if you're teaching them to put their dishes in the dishwasher, again, in the beginning, at least, it's way easier to do it yourself. Now that applies, so you can continue on with your story, but that applies to, um, I think that when we're helping hurting people, it is easier to just write a check and then they kind of go away and then to actually teach them um, th- to apply it and to do the work. It takes far more effort. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes I want to take a look in the mirror and say, did I just do that because it was easier? And sometimes I do that with my yep. own child as well, sometimes, oh, yeah. right? Yep. There's a, a song that I really like written a long time ago called Asleep in the Light. Uh, it's, it's a little bit challenging, but it says, the guy's name was Keith Green. He died in, I think, October, November of 82 in a plane crash. But the, the lyrics, do you see all the people sinking down? Don't you care? Are you going to let them drown? How can you be so numb not to care if they come? You close your eyes and pretend the job's done. And then uh, it goes on to say, open up and give yourself away. You see the need. You hear the cries. So how can you delay? God's calling and you're the one. But like Jonah, you run. He's told you to speak, but you keep holding it in. And I won't go on. But in his concert one time, I think it was in Los Angeles, I was watching a video Um VHS actually for those of you older than 40 and um, Megan are you laughing I have a good joke for you on the back end of this oh, man. I want to go ahead and say it just so that you can't edit it out 
My wife came up to me the other day and said, David, you really have to stop acting like a flamingo. And at that point, I had to put my foot down. I like it. Okay. And so he makes this statement at this concert. He says, and I'm going to actually take this rabbit trail and hop back over your, to your point, Amy. He says, God can't cash an out-of-state state check in heaven. He yeah. needs you. God can't cash an out-of-state check in heaven. He needs you. And it is easier sometimes to just send people down the road, right? And I think even sometimes churches or uh, service, social service agencies, it's easy for us to say something along the lines of, well, we really don't do that. Why don't you try going down there? Yeah. Right? And then, like, I constantly will question myself, not in an analytical way where I'm paralyzed, but I want to make sure the motive of my heart is right. In the same, same scenario, like, okay, why did I send that person? Why did I make this referral? Why did I say that? Is it because I just really don't want to spend the money? Is it because I want to be a good steward? Is it because it's not something we really do? You know, why did, or is it I'm just kicking the can down the road and let some, you know, let it be someone else's problem? So we're, we're kind of talking on both sides of the spectrum. The people who are helped, like going back to the story with Elisha, you know, some of us are the neighbors, right? We need to be willing yeah. to, to lend out our pots, so to speak, even though there's risk that they might break it or steal it or whatever. Never get it back. Never get it back. Yep. And yet at the same time, we can't just give, pay off the debt. And, you know, then there's the other end of the spectrum. And, it, you know, maybe we're at, we could be both, to be honest. Or maybe we're the, the, the lady with the two sons in debt, and, and we need that hand up. So why don't, you know, I, I, I can go on, but Amy, I'll, I'll kind of put the ball back in your court, so to speak, and, and let you run with it yeah. for a little bit longer. Well, um, the other thing I was going to say is um, to you out there, our valuable listening audience, um, each one of you has a purpose, and each one of you has a, a person or people a couple of people that you're called to help. And I think it's really important to discern that. And that's why we need the body of Christ. Um, we can't do it on our own. No one person, no one church, no one pastor is called to help everybody. Um, every person has their own calling in their own life. And what does that mean for you? Um, and how do you do that without enabling? And so I think that's the question to kind of ask yourself um, is, um, how, do you, how do you keep yourself in check? How do you not just pawn it off, but also not um, do for somebody what they can do themselves or not work harder than they're working for themselves. And so um, trying to find that balance in your own life. And, and obviously, um, the, the best thing is for you to be listening to the Holy Spirit and letting the Holy Spirit lead and direct and guide you. Because in one moment, it might be the right thing to say yes. And in the next moment, it, the exact same scenario, it might be the right thing to say no. And, and we have the advantage of being um, having the Holy Spirit living in us and we get to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and listen and try to just be obedient in that. And so I wanted to recommend one more thing. Um, the book, um, When Helping Hurts by um, Fickert and Corbett it is just a really good book if you're interested in kind of learning more about it or they're on Right Now Media. Um, and it's just a really good uh, way to kind of think about um, when does helping actually hurt and, and when is it actually helpful. So um, I guess that's my challenge today is to the listening audience, pay attention to what God has for you and who God has for you to help and, and when to say yes and when to say no. Miss Megan Mack, do you have any closing comments or closing arguments? Well, maybe. I, I, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm a former drug addict, you know. I was the person that was enabled. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was the person asking for a handout. And I think that 
um, people in those situations, sometimes there are people that do want to hand up. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times there's people who want to hand out. And if you don't give them the handout, they're not going to take those jars and do anything with them. And so, um, in all of this, there's also wisdom in seeking wise counsel. Mm -hmm. So maybe you give Atlas a call, give David a call and ask for some wise counsel. You know, I'm dealing with the situation, call your pastor, Mm -hmm. talk to your pastor's wife, talk to a counselor at your church, you know, talk to somebody, um, and get a second opinion on this because your opinion may be a little veiled. Yep. That's a good word. Those are good. So anybody out there listening, want to get in contact with us here in Spencer or the surrounding region? Our phone number is 712-580-3277, or you can email us at atlasofspencer at gmail.com, or look us up online at atlasofspencer.com. And if you're over in Sioux County, how do they reach Atlas there? Yep. Uh, Our phone number is 712-722-4900, and um, our uh, website is... um, atlasofsuecenter.com dot com or dot org well, maybe dot org I think it's dot org but either way you should you can reach try both try both yes you can always reach out to us on Facebook follow our podcast um, there are many ways to get a hold of us in this technological world that we live in and on that note good afternoon good evening good night thank you for joining us good people good people goodbye everybody goodbye.